Welcome to the Growth Guru Podcast, the home of raw, unfiltered self-development advice that cuts through the noise. Strap in for real solutions, inspiring personal stories, and everything you need to become your very best self. If you're ready to unlock your true potential, then you're in the right place. Hello and welcome back to a brand new season of the Growth Guru podcast. I'm your host, Rosie Leach, also known as the Growth Guru, and I'm a life coach and mentor specializing in self-worth and anxiety. I help women all over the world understand who they truly are, how to love that version of themselves, how to finally feel good enough, and how to pursue and grow into the person they were always supposed to be. Now, this episode, we are kicking off with a wonderful interview with a fabulous woman. I thought, what better way to start than by kicking it off with somebody who has so much value to give. So this week, I want to introduce you to Helen Kalinak. Now, with over 16 years of experience working in the NHS in a variety of roles, from working in the health visiting team and to being a practice nurse, Helen has always championed and encouraged well-being for women. Having experienced mental health struggles herself, Helen used hypnotherapy and breathwork to regain her confidence and rediscover her true self. And now she shares this with women everywhere. Helen founded Sonara Sister to empower creative, successful women who are feeling lost or stuck in business or life. Specialising in working with stress and anxiety using solution-focused hypnotherapy, coaching skills and breath work, Helen can help women foster strength and self-compassion, approaching the next chapter of their lives with courage and embarking on new beginnings. Now, Helen, like I said, is a fabulous woman and she has so much value to give. So this episode, you're going to find out more about what hypnotherapy and breathwork even are, how to manage your stress and how to have a new perspective and approach to life. Now, this kind of time of year, you know, at recording, this is a new year, it's January and it's the time of year where we all feel a little bit of pressure with New Year's resolutions and to do the things we said we're going to do. So in this episode, we want to talk about the slower approach to things and how slowing down and taking account of what's going on, how you feel and who you are, is really imperative to actually moving forward in life. So this episode is going to be full of tips, tricks and advice and so much information for you to make 2024 an amazing year for you without the pressure to kind of be this new year, new me and all that rubbish. So without Without further ado, let's get stuck into the conversation with Helen. So we're going to get stuck into lots of things today. But before we start, I would love for you to kind of just give people a little bit more introduction into who you are, what you do, what your background is, and essentially what your journey has been to get you from where you were to where you are now doing everything that you do to help other women. Yeah, so I'm Helen Kalinak. I am a solution-focused hypnotherapist and a breathwork practitioner. And my background is in the NHS. So I started off um, in health visiting team, so supporting mums and their children. And then I moved on to being a district nurse and a practice nurse in a GP surgery. Um, so that's my background, really. So it's always been health and well-being has been something that I've always been really interested in and the body and how things work. So after I was kind of like in nursing for a while, I had twins and going back after maternity leave, just, it just didn't seem to work. I just was getting more burnt out, more stressed, but I still wanted to help people. So alongside my nursing, I'd had hypnotherapy in the past. I'd done hypnobirthing. I'd had hypnotherapy for when my first husband um, left me, we went through a horrible divorce. I 
needed hypnotherapy to really help with my anxiety and little behaviors that were starting to happen that just weren't serving me or feeling aligned and I was getting more and more anxious so I had hypnosis for that and it worked amazingly so I've always been interested in it so with the nursing I then started to train in hypnotherapy because I actually wanted to empower people because it had worked for me my anxiety and my panic attacks and things were just getting out of control and the hypnosis really helped so I was like actually how can I still feel like I can help women still using all my skills from nursing and and health visiting how can I do this so you know as you know we had COVID and I kind of like just before we had lockdown I was doing bank nursing and I was doing my training at the same time and then I just decided I'm just going to go for it I'm going to actually leave nursing which was a huge decision to make and it felt almost a little bit like a loss like a bit of a grief like that was that my identity and I found that a real struggle at the beginning I'm like I was a nurse like now I'm not a nurse now I'm trying to run a business and I've got two really small uh twins so that again brought its own kind of like issues that I had to work with so once I trained in hypnosis I just ran with it I just you know set the business up and it just it took off really well and you know helping other mums and women to get a handle of their anxiety really really helped me and I think going through it myself really helped the women to know that actually I could relate I could relate to burnout being a mum trying to work do all of the things and then putting myself at the bottom of the pile I totally get that and I I felt that actually knowing that the hypnosis helped me I could help them and then over time the business you know started going really well and I was wanting to add in something else but what happened is I got into that perimenopause stage and these sort of panic attacks started to happen again. I was starting to get really like palpitations just driving along. And I started to get interested in breath work. So I thought, I'm just going to go to a couple of classes and see if I can get control of this breath. Because it felt like I just, I was almost choking, you know, with this, this pressure in my chest and my neck. So I went to some breathwork classes and it was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I felt so good. And it was like, right, I know I need to, right, this is an extra tool to my belt that I want to do. So I then trained in breathwork. So it's been great to use the both because breathwork really helps with the body. It helps you kind of support your nervous system. But then the hypnosis really helps with the mindset and reprogramming perhaps old limiting beliefs that people have. So working with the two together, they just work so well. So that's kind of what's where I've come from to where I am now. And I'm doing the two together, perhaps doing classes for breath work, but also incorporating breath work and hypnosis for my one to one clients so that they've got a toolkit of breathing techniques that they can use in their daily life um so yeah it's phenomenal to really see the two working together and it making like really transformative kind of changes for people yeah it's amazing I do love what I do <laughs> it is amazing and it's an amazing journey it's interesting isn't it how you've kind of created the perfect business because you've got like you said the the more mindset mental brain mind part of things yeah. with which is perhaps from your experience with anxiety and your personal experience of hypnosis and then you've kind of now reflected the past you have with nursing and the body in the breathwork side and it's like you've got to find a way of using everything you've learned both from personal experience and obviously the courses you've done for hypnotherapy and breathwork yeah also all the professional experience you've got from your past in nursing and you've created this bundle of like where you're nailing 
from you know both sides and having that balance I think it's amazing that you've you know after your kind of I think you said 16 years um in the this journey and now then being in your business you've just created this perfect you know amount yeah. all um and we're obviously talk much more about breath work and hypnosis because you know it's, some people won't know what that is yeah. um and I think we'll kind of dive into that more later and I'm excited to talk about that because just listening to you explain it then what I was hearing is that excitement of finding something that works for you like yeah. that old moment where you go when you were talking about going to the first breath work class and you go oh okay this is for me and I don't know about you, but I love seeing that in my clients where you can offer somebody a tool and they go, this is the one for me. Because yeah. very big on try all the tools, but you don't need to use all the tools. Find the ones you go, nah, this works. This is the right one for me. And it yeah. sounds like you had that connection with both of the tools that you now use in your business when you first yeah. them. Yeah, and that, and that totally makes sense. And that's kind of what I do with clients in one-to-one is like, actually let's look at what's worked like what has worked in the past because I think sometimes especially if we're feeling like we're panicky and we're in that real stress response we can't think straight sometimes in that time and it's like oh maybe I'll try this maybe I'll try that and we're always looking externally and actually you know to be able to help and and guide clients in a way of actually sometimes all the answers are like within actually maybe just changing slightly how you breathe can make you feel that you're a little bit calmer so that you can make better decisions or that you can start to prioritize yourself and also with the mindset of just perhaps changing your perspective on things maybe reframing things you know what has worked in the past and quite often I don't think there's ever been a time where I've had a client that have said well nothing's worked in the past like I don't you know there's always something that's like, actually do you know what I haven't done that for ages you know and we kind of explore actually why did that work like what is it about that and you can see clients sort of going off drifting in their mind of like, actually, I felt really good when I was doing that. Like, why haven't I done that? But sometimes we just need that bit of guidance. And it's not about, you know, getting, like you said, having loads and loads of tools, because sometimes that can be really overwhelming. If we can just have a few things that we know work for us, but it's really getting to those sort of limiting beliefs of actually a lot of women. And I know I had it of like, am I deserving of that? Like, am I good enough? Am I worthy? You know, um, a lot of people that I see are women that are perhaps people pleasing or feeling that they're, they're not worthy. So they're helping lots of other people or they're being that uplifting person for everybody in their family, but actually they're not supporting themselves. And, you know, when we do have, you know, panic attacks or anxiety attacks, or we feel that we can't catch our breath or we're feeling, you know, that adrenaline and that cortisol going around in our body, you know, sometimes the quickest and most effective thing we can do is focus on our breathing. It's so simple and it's so ready available. It's free. It's there. Once we know how to do it and that we practice it and I give the clients the techniques, they've got it for life. Like it's there. We can access it at any point in our lives. And that's what I found amazing with breath work is that You don't always have to go to a class. It's great to go to a class and maybe do something a little bit deeper to really kind of clear out that stress. But actually, there's so many techniques that you can do without overcomplicating. It's just there in your daily life. When you wake up, before you go to sleep, you can be doing it. And it feels, I think why I loved it so much was it's really empowering. It's because I didn't need anything external. Once I knew a couple of techniques, it was there. Like, I just had to focus on it. 
And that was really empowering for me that actually we don't need to keep going externally. Actually, sometimes we can just make a few tweaks and changes to our breath. And it really changes how we navigate our daily life. I love that. And I think it's so true. And I, I agree, actually, as as thinking as you were talking, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Because some of my favorite techniques and the ones that I have resonated with ones are the most are the ones where I don't need anything else. It's never really about that external. It's always about coming back into that internal. And it's funny you mentioned limiting beliefs there as well, because this is probably the most important part of all of it. It's having those tools to use, but then also simultaneously, which is something both I think you and me do in our work is working out what do I actually believe about myself and how is this impacting me? And like you said, like once you've got that, it's for life. So it seems a big task, but um, you know, once you've uncovered what you believe about yourself and you've worked on changing it, you're kind of on you're on the path and you just got to keep doing that like so so empowering to go I'm changing me within for me and and Mm. and building that new kind of foundation of yourself and it sounds like the tools that you use can be really integral in helping you build that new foundation so if we get stuck into learning a bit more about what those Mm. are really excited about that can you share a little bit more about your journey in the NHS and how your varied kind of roles have shaped your perspective on women's well-being because it sounds like you really have been there with women at the forefront of that especially starting visiting obviously you know which mothers and and children how has all of the stuff you've kind of done within that really just kind of changed your perspective or or given you a perspective on women's well-being and, and maybe how it's treated or how it's you know approached yeah, yeah, definitely. And I'm working like in health visiting, you know, seeing women postnatally. Um, and I had postnatal depression on my second child. And it's kind of how I really got interested in in that mental health side, because I'd never really experienced anything like it before. And it was amazing that, you know, back then, I don't think it's so much accessible now. But back then in, in health visiting, we had so many groups. And that's what was amazing about the community, you know, me and a, and a another colleague ran a postnatal depression group for women so that and it was amazing back then because the building that we had there was a crash so they could come and bring their babies to the crash we would do the groups and listening to women and how they were losing their identity when you you know you come home and you have this baby especially if it was your first one and like there is no book is there there's no kind of like wall book of how you do things and, and women just finding their way and gradually sort of over time that you know what there was a priority for themselves then becomes at the bottom of the pile so I was always really fascinated about how we can empower and inspire other women like as as a group and that's what I used to love about the health visiting is the group stuff but also you know going into women's homes and I was always truly almost grateful that I could support women in that way in their homes, looking at them holistically. Uh, actually, what support network do they have? You know, what are their interests? What brings them joy? Because it can just always be about the baby. And so I always found it really amazing to almost get women to visualize like how they can start to bring things in. And that's, I think, what got me into kind of like, actually, this is quite solution focused of like, being able to okay this is where you're at you know let's start to get you to visualize you know can you see yourself going for that walk and sometimes when we're in it it's like I don't have time I can't do it but actually when we get to work out little actions that they could take 
you know, getting them outside was such a big part of that mental health side and seeing how much better they felt once they got out and did a big walk or they perhaps met up with another mum. You know, it can be quite isolating. So sort of opening up the world to to mums was something that I really loved. And then moving into sort of the, the adult nursing, again, it was always a theme which I was always fascinated in is like how a lot of things that people were coming in for were a lot of health anxiety, especially in, in the practice and GP surgery. So again, it sounds really strange, but I used to love doing smears because, you know, we're, it was a time where we could actually really chat. And it sounds really strange to be like, we've all had smears, haven't we? And it's always really daunting and always like really, you know, everybody would always come in really anxious. But I think that's kind of what almost using those skills to make hold space for somebody when they're feeling really vulnerable or they're feeling really worried you know even just coming in and having their bloods taken yes I'm taking their bloods but for me I always had that in me to create a space where people felt safe and not anxious where I could you know get in get engaged with them in that way um and I think that's maybe a skill that I've I've always had throughout nursing is that, that bedside manner, I suppose, that actually, yes, we are there to do a particular clinical thing. But what I loved was finding out the mindset and the, the anxieties and getting people to talk, even though it might only been a really short space of time that I had, maybe a 15 minute appointment. But I think that's what I loved about it was talking to women that would come in maybe just for a blood test or, you know, not feeling great. And actually, when we really get to the nitty gritty, a lot of it is anxiety, mindset, stress are then presenting itself in the body, um, you know, and actually stress, which we can go on to a little bit later, can cause so many things. You know, people have coming in and they've had investigations for stuff. They might have had you know, scans, and there's, no, there's nothing physically there. But what's happening is stress is presenting in the body and they're just not feeling well. Blood tests come back okay, they're just not feeling great. And I noticed over a pattern of time, you know, certain patients that would be coming in, stress and anxiety was a huge factor to their health. It was, you know, really kind of impacting their health and their well-being, but also their mindset. So I've been able to use skills okay I might not be taking blood I might not be doing smears I might not be doing ECGs and all of those things but using that listening skill and that that holding space for someone to feel that they can start to have eureka moments or start to realize what's happening for them to come back in you know perhaps just wanting medication which you know is absolutely fine but sometimes having that skill to look at somebody holistically and I just don't think I think that's where I was getting so stressed myself at work is because as time went on, I mean, I don't, you know, I've got lots of friends that still work in the NHS now, but for me, giving that time and attention and care to those patients was depleting and it was being taken away and taken away and taken away. And then I noticed that actually I was getting more stress going into work because I was having less time with people. I wasn't able to help in a way that was aligned to me. It was like, oh, well, we just do this. We just give them this. And I just, I was always felt like I was working against the tide. And I think that's the part of the job that I loved. And I always thought that like nursing was my identity. Like I was a nurse and I helped people. And, and that is, you know, sometimes we can identify that. But what I really loved when I unpicked it 
was being in that space with those people who felt scared or vulnerable. You know, my biggest highlights of my job at the time is being there and holding someone's hand when they're perhaps passing away. You know, as a district nurse, we were a lot going into people's homes, holding space for that relative, just being there, knowing that was someone that they could feel that they could be around. That was my job satisfaction. Not, you know, yes, we've got to get the medication right. Yes, we've got to get all of those things right. But when that care started to be taken away, my stress levels started to go up because I wasn't being able to work in the capacity that I love to work in. So I think that's where that journey went on of, okay, I love nursing, but what is it about I love nursing? It's being around those women, supporting them, being there, empowering them to make changes that actually sometimes, you know, we do need to take a little bit of responsibility of our own health. Maybe we could be doing this and quite solution focused. And that's where I got interested in solution focused kind of therapy and questioning that actually it really works for people when we start to, you know, look at if you were a little bit calmer, if you were not so stressed, what would your life look like? What what would be the difference? And you can see people going, oh, well, I'd feel like this. And their whole body would change. And I think I found that being in that nursing environment, that part of what I loved about the job was gradually being stifled. And it was like, you just need to get this done. You just need to see this amount of people in this short space of time, you know, and, and that's where my own anxiety then started to creep up and feeling stressed. So that's how I've gone on that journey that actually that's what I've loved about nursing. So then I've taken that and now moving it into my business that I can actually still do that bit that I love but not as a nurse, but as actually, you know, solution-focused therapy, the breath work is all about the body and actually how we can start to feel better. So that's kind of how that journey's gone through my own personal experience of anxiety, but starting to live in a life that is more aligned to me, that actually, you know, nursing, how it had gone towards the end wasn't within my core values, you know. So that's why I noticed then I started to feel not in a good place. So once I shifted that and changed that, it, I got such an awareness of myself. And I think the biggest gift you can give yourself is to come home to yourself, to really look at what's important to you, what brings you joy, what are those things that work for you, not the other person, maybe not what the doctor says, all of these things, to really get an expert in yourself. And I think that is the biggest gift that we can get give ourselves is to really get to know ourselves, what works, what doesn't. You know, what's impacting? Why am I feeling that? Where do I feel it? You know, and I say to people, they say, oh, I feel really anxious or I just feel so stressed all the time. And I'm like, where do you feel it? They're like, it's here. It's here in my chest. It's here in my stomach. It's here in my throat. And it's that internal alarm. And that's what I noticed from working with mums with postnatal depression, working with people who had health issues or health anxiety. There was always a place where we felt it in our body. So that's where now the breath work can really help. So nothing is ever linear, is it? It's like nothing ever is like we get to this point and then everything's great. With breath work, with hypnosis, with, you know, our health in general through nursing, it's always been a journey. It's always, you know, there's waves, ebbs and flows in, in all aspects. But I think that's how my own personal journey has gone, which then enables me to help people and you know I would I know I'm not a nurse anymore but I've never regretted doing the nursing or anything like that because it has given me so many skills that I can use now and I think it really opened up 
empathy when you experience and you're around people that have died or people that a family member has died or people are in a really bad place or they're given really bad news it it brings life skills for you in 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 what i do now because you know it's not the everyday it's not the everyday when you see people really at their worst and the most vulnerable so i always feel truly grateful that the nursing background has been able to me to be look at my own life but also other people what else is going on in other people's lives and the nursing has really opened that up for me it's I mean it's an incredible journey isn't it and I I think it's clear from what you're saying it's that the NHS is amazing and we are so lucky about you know the medical assistance we get but there's also so much pressure and you were getting that insight into that we look at health and well-being as two separate things, but perhaps there's so much more interlinked than we really think they are. And and it must be frustrating to see, you know, someone come in with one problem, but then you kind of have a chat and understand actually there's lots of other factors at play here that maybe are massively influencing this, or in yeah. some cases even potentially causing a problem, you know, you know, yeah. about there not being a physical cause. And yeah. stress and anxiety are just so common. And, and sadly, you know, I say this as somebody who had an anxious breakdown at 24. Um, mm-hmm. I see it in lots of my friends. I see it in my family. I've seen it in so many people and we normalize it. And it's especially stress. And obviously a normal amount of stress is okay. Um, mm-hmm. We are, the systems we have in place are under stress. When we talk about the NHS, the nurses yeah. like, are under stress to provide a certain solution And perhaps now you're able to kind of find the other solutions that might be there for people too, based on what you were seeing that people were needing. And it's all about finding that balance. And like you said, finding what works for you. And everyone is so unique. And it is just, I love that phrase of coming home to yourself. Mm. I always talk about self-love is it's not about learning how to love yourself. It's remembering how to love yourself. You were born knowing you had worth. A baby doesn't feel bad about crying to get somebody's attention. It knows it deserves needs met it's this coming home to who you actually are and and understanding your body your mind all of those things and yeah. yeah I couldn't agree more with that it obviously we've talked about how your personal experience with mental health has led you to hypnotherapy and and breath work mm-hmm. and we've talked about those phrases a lot but we haven't really explained what they are mm-hmm. can you just explain a little bit more about those two techniques for anybody that might not be familiar with them yeah so you know, breath work, you know, that the word work is in there because it is a little bit of work because, you know, when we're stressed and anxious, especially if we've been living with chronic stress, we tend to like shallow breathe or breathe from our chest, or we might even be a breath holder, which like I was. And I, I realized that actually, if I was like worried, scared, anxious, I'd just hold my breath. And then I'd have to like, like I've got nothing left. And it was then when I realized that you know going to the breathwork class that oh my god like I've been holding my breath so much you know and actually um you know stress we, we you know we hold stress in the body you know stress trauma all of those things get stored in the body in the nervous system and we get that input from our daily lives of what's a threat you know we feel it in our nervous system it sends signals to the brain to release cortisol and adrenaline and then we're in that like fight flight or in that kind of freeze dissociation disconnected and we can you know when we've got what we call like a regulated nervous system 
we can move through that fight flight, that rest and digest when we're feeling like we're calm. And we can go into that sort of freeze mode, which is that low kind of almost like depression, disconnection, all of that. And, you know, if our nervous system is regulated and perhaps, you know, whose is regulated all the time. But when we can have kind of resilience and strength when we've gone through something and we've worked through it, our nervous system can go fight flight, which is is normal. We all get that fight flight. We've all experienced that. And then we can come into that rest and digest. And it feels okay to be there. And um, you know, our body might hang out there for a bit and that's fine. We might go into a bit of low, but we what we call it, it's got tone. It's able to come into rest and digest. But if we have lived in a life that's chronically stressed or that we've had lots of trauma, it actually is really hard to come into that parasympathetic state of the nervous system to actually feel safe there because we're on high alert all the time. We're, we're searching for threats. We feel like we're looking at the worst case scenario. We're going through all the what ifs. We're feeling physically, you know, we might have palpitations. We might feel sweating. We might find it hard to swallow. We might feel that we can't catch our breath. And when we stay stuck in a state, say like, for example, fight flight, it's actually quite hard our body's like whoa hang on this i'm not trusting this this doesn't feel safe to be relaxed because if we're relaxed it might happen so we need to be on that high alert so sometimes our nervous system can get stuck in that state and i know i definitely that's where i was at constant fight flight like what if things were going going to go wrong looking at the worst case scenario everything was a threat an email like calling someone everything was just so heightened so no wonder my breath was being held or up here, short, shallow breaths, which then causes us to feel more anxious. So how the breath works, it sends signals to our body in our nervous system that we're calm, that we're coming into that rest and digest. I mean, there are lots of different techniques to do without overcomplicating it. You can have breathing techniques that upregulate you, that when you're feeling flat in that freeze, there's stuff that you can do to kind of bring you up a little bit. But if we're kind of talking about anxiety and that fight, flight and stress, we want to be doing techniques that bring us down, like kind of like bring us down into that parasympathetic state. It switches that on. So when we're breathing, what we're doing is we're creating when we're creating more space. But when we do it in the right way, which is this optimal breathing, when we breathe down into the tummy, so it's not here in the chest, we call it belly breathing, optimal breathing. But we want to be you know, imagining that there's a balloon in our tummy and we want to be filling it 360 degrees, the front, the sides, the back. The diaphragm moves down, we're creating more space, we're switching on that parasympathetic branch of our nervous system. And when we do that, we're shifting into a relaxed state. It doesn't mean we're like, oh, totally chill, but it's where we can think clearly. So it it has an overall effect on our mental well-being, physical well-being, spiritual, emotional, we can start to handle and deal with things because we can't get rid of stress, right? Like we live in a stressful life. You know, we're so digitally switched on. There's so much, we're, we're getting so much information from social media everywhere. You know, we've got to be busy, busy, busy. So we can't get away from that. But breathwork helps for you to be able to cope and manage with those difficult times. It also encourages us to be still because we're constantly on the go and it allows you to be in that moment. It takes you out of your brain and into your body. So that's what kind of breath work does. It shifts you where you feel like, actually I'm in flow. Like I can cope with the day. 
Also, you can then use techniques on top of that if you are feeling panicked or if you're feeling, you know, having a really highly anxious moment, you can use breath work in that. But in as a daily practice, because again, you know, breath work isn't a quick fix. We need to be quite consistent, like going to the gym. But if you can just, one, start with an awareness of your own breath. Like, where do you feel it? Where do you feel the tension in your body? When you can be still in that moment, again, it brings you home to yourself. You might find this tension in your shoulders or your jaw. When you just focus on your breathing in and out, where do you feel it? Awareness, always start with awareness because you've got to get to know your own breath before you're changing it. So it's getting to know it, having that awareness, being an observer of your breath and your body. Where are you feeling this tension? And then you want to start to consciously on that inhale, breathe down into the tummy. So you're sending it down, the diaphragm moves down, creating space, you wanna feel it under your ribs, slow, gentle, but powerful breaths down in, because then you're getting that really good gaseous exchange, you're getting that oxygen in, you're getting rid of that carbon dioxide, and it's bringing you into that rest and digest. It's sending signals through like your vagus nerve, it's giving it tone so that your body goes, oh, okay, actually this is all right. Like I'm, I'm safe in this rest and digest. I can think I'm a little bit calmer. I can feel it. You can actually physically feel yourself feeling a little bit lighter. So, you know, if we can have what we call like functional breathing, where we're just looking at our own breath, breathing down into the tummy, in through the nose and out through the nose, because we've got this amazing filter in our nose. So if we can be breathing more in and out through our nose, again, it's going to be filtering out all of those toxins. We're going to get good gases exchange. It's good for us to breathe in through our nose and out through our nose a lot more. Um, so we can be conscious of that, even taking a couple of minutes a day to just breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth, uh, out through the nose, not the mouth, and breathing down into the tummy. Just by doing that consistently, you will feel a shift. And that is what is what like a foundation. And then, you know, we bring in different techniques that we can use that are helpful for sleep or helpful when you're feeling perhaps nervous, you know, like you've got a job interview or you're, you know, you're about to do a presentation, you're about to go live. Like you can then build on that and be like, okay, I'm going to use this technique. It's going to help me right now in this moment where I'm feeling really nervous. I'm about to go and do a talk or I'm about to go into an interview. We can use those little things, but functionally in our daily life, in through the nose and out through the nose, down into the tummy for an equal count you know maybe three four can build it up to five is a really good foundation so I always help clients with the foundational like that is like we're just going to keep doing the foundation and then as I get to know clients it's like oh actually this te technique would be really good for you you know if you're feeling that if perhaps a client's nervous for going live I might have a client who's a business owner who's like oh I don't really want to show my face in my business I get palpitations I start feeling really sweaty I, I don't want to do it then it's like then you can use this, but if we can continue to do that functional throughout our life. So that's how we use the breath. And I use that in my sessions before we go into hypnosis. I'll work out a particular technique that I think will be really beneficial to them. And then we move through the breath work and then we go into hypnosis. So hypnosis, as we know, is getting into that subconscious to reprogram things that we've perhaps learned over time. We've been influenced by other people. We've perhaps had traumas. We might have had something said to us either, you know, by our parents or a teacher or somebody as a child that's gone into that subconscious and we've taken on that limiting belief. Or, you know, it might be something that we, we a pattern of behavior that we do. Perhaps our internal voice is not very kind. 
Perhaps we've got OCD behaviors. Perhaps we're living in that primitive part of our brain. When we're in that primitive part of our brain, like I said, the nervous system sends signals to the amygdala and we get cortisol, we get adrenaline. It's where we perhaps store behaviors that don't serve us. It's where that kind of internal voice is not very kind. It's looking at the worst case scenario. It's survival. That's basically it's surviving. And anxiety comes from the need to feel safe. So if for whatever reason we're getting a threat, which might be might be an email, it might be going to talk to somebody about something, that part of the brain is just in survival. So if you think back to like caveman time, you know, it would be fight flight for running from, I don't know, saber to tiger or something. But now in this modern day, it's adapted that actually sometimes an email or talking to somebody brings those same feelings. So the brain can't tell the difference between reality or imagination. So if you're imagining the worst case scenario, your, your, your amygdala is preparing you for fight flight. It's like, you're going to need to run or you're going to need to fight this. They can't tell. So if we're experiencing threats throughout our daily life that aren't something that's going to kill us, our brain will just think that's what's going to happen. It's just going to want you to survive. So hypnosis is really good at getting you getting into that subconscious, you know, lovely positive affirmations, getting you to visualize a life where you, I don't know, feel more confident, feel more calm or whatever someone's come to me for. We will use that in a visualization as they're in hypnosis. And it's a little bit like that bit before going to sleep. So, you know, like when you're just drifting, you're kind of there. That is what I call the gateway to your subconscious. Like when you're in that state and it's a brainwave called theta, I won't go into it too much, but it's like a gateway to your imagination. So your subconscious. So when we start in hypnosis, taking you to a lovely place, like maybe like the woods or a beach and you're feeling really relaxed and you're just drifting in that state, then I can use positive affirmations or suggestions to help people break down those limiting beliefs. So they start to make changes and it's like subtle changes that start to happen. So using breath work for the body, hypnosis for the mind, we start to have really transformational changes. And it's that key window in the subconscious when we can get into that, it reprograms, it's changing neuropathways in the brain. So perhaps a behavior or belief that's just been ground in over time, through hypnosis, we can change the path of that neuro, you know, that neuropathway to start to see a different life, a different perspective on yourself and how you live life. And it really is great for, you know, sort of behaviors that you know OCD behaviors or fear a lot of clients that come who are so fearful of you know setting up a business or fearful of I can't possibly go for that job because I'm so scared of talking so when we can in that relaxed state change that reprogram it if you think of the mind it's like a computer we've had these programs put into us when we're younger but actually hypnosis we can start to change the program and that's kind of how it works it's also interesting, like I'm relatively new to the breathwork side of things, in, but hypnosis of experienced and different kind of sides of it. But it's interesting because there are probably people listening now that are a little bit surprised, I think, by the description you've just given of the hypnosis, because I think most people look at hypnosis as I need to be hypnotized because I've got a phobia of whatever it's this idea of like it's for extreme kind of phobias or fears or whatever or even people losing weight I know that in the past I'm I'm pretty sure that it's been used for things like that but from how you were explaining it there 
and also from generally your work in how you talk about how it's in, if impacted you and impacted your clients a lot of what you talk about is in this regaining your kind of confidence and empowering yourself and I don't mm. think people necessarily straight away make that connection with hypnosis because they I think there may be a idea that it's a solution to a more extreme problem but it's interesting yeah. how you explained it there in that by tapping into these limiting beliefs in, in you and I do it in totally different ways mm-hmm. but it's all about getting to that belief and getting to yeah. that core and being able to to manipulate that in a positive way so yeah. you've talked a lot about how that has impacted you regaining your confidence and mm-hmm. when you work with now is it purely through that process of changing limited beliefs that it has that direct direct impact on confidence or is there kind of more to it is it that combination of all of it together with the breath work like how how is it directly impacting people's confidence for you and for the people you work with yeah I think definitely the combination because when we are using solution focused conversations it's showing hope it's showing possibility in a way that perhaps they've not thought of so when we're working with anxiety and stress is what I mainly work with is that when we can work with the breath just to to help release some of that stress we're more likely to see possibilities we're more likely to see hope and solution focus in particular is so good at getting people to see the bigger picture to imagine what it would be like you know if you could just you know even like on a scaling I might say on a one to ten ten is you know we don't always get to a ten but where you feel really confident and you you know there's no anxiety and you're living that kind of like best life and zero is a total opposite you know where are you now and they might be like oh I might be a two when we go okay what would a ten be like it just seems impossible well I can't I can't I don't know I don't know how to get there I can't imagine it but when we get people to go okay let's explore what a three looks like just one more point. You know, if you could wake up tomorrow and you were a three instead of a two, what would you be pleased to see? What would be different about you? And it's questions that start to really change perspective. It's like, actually, well, yeah, if, if I woke up as a three, I know this heaviness wouldn't be there in the morning. I wouldn't wake up with dread. Like, that would be nice. And when we can explore that, you know, who else might notice? Well, my children will probably definitely notice that I wouldn't be really stressed first thing in the morning, you know, and, and how, you know, then how would that make you feel? I'd feel really good if my children could notice that, you know, and we start to explore. And I think that's what Solution Focus does is it gives you the chance to explore possibility that actually we're not closing the door on I can't do that or we're not using language of I can't or it's impossible. It's like, but what if it's possible? We're changing that, reframing it. Oh, what if this? What if that? What if it worked? What if you just could be one more point? You know, what would you be pleased to see? And then we start to move in. Okay, you know, this is how you you want to be able to not wake up with dread, perhaps that heavy feeling. Then we look at kind of what little steps can you take to start to feel more. Well, actually, it might be something as I just need to look at my morning routine because it's so hectic. It's so stressful. Actually, maybe and you can see because actually maybe if I prepared stuff the night before or maybe if I delegated someone else and not feel that I have to do everything, maybe I'd wake up feeling a little bit more lighter. And it, I mean, then we, you get really more specific. OK, where can you see yourself doing that? When can you see yourself doing it? And it's all taking you out of the primitive part of your brain. Even just the questioning, even just solution focus brings you into this prefrontal cortex where it's like the boss of the brain. We want to be thinking from here. So solution focus boosts your confidence in a way because you actually see possibility. 
And then when we're breathing, we're calming, we're getting into that rest and digest before we go into hypnosis. And then the hypnosis is where I use words that the client has used, you know, uplifting words. I want to feel free. I want to feel calm. I use all of the words that they've used because it's more likely to go in. And like you said, yeah, hypnosis is always seen as like, you know, stage hypnotists on stage, getting people to do silly things. Or if you've got a fear of spiders or you want to lose weight, like that's what hypnosis is for. It isn't that. It can be used for so many things because it just changes your perspective. It changes neural pathways to help you think in a different way, to help you think more creatively. And when we get into that relaxed state, it's that relaxed state, this theta, this theta brainwave where we're not in our busy part of our brain. We're not in that critical part of our brain. We're in this nice, creative, relaxed state. And it's where we get these, what we call like eureka moments, these moments of like aha moments when we're in flow, when we're in this creative state. So when in hypnosis, I'm taking you to a lovely place like a beach and the sound of the sea, it's like, oh, we really relax. The brain goes, oh, okay, I'm going to relax. And then that's when I can get into that subconscious, putting in these uplifting, transformative words, getting people to visualize, imagine seeing yourself standing taller confidently. What's it going to look like? See what you can see, feel what you can feel. And people are actually stepping into that confident version. There are particular techniques that we can use. You know, one in particular that I use is where you can imagine this confident version of you standing in front of you. And we do all this where clients are lying down, sort of drifting. And I want you to step into it. I want you to see what you can see, hear what you can hear, notice how you, your posture. And then I want you to imagine an even more confident version of that. And I want you to step into that version. And we keep stepping it up and stepping it up and it gets bigger and brighter. And I'm saying, you know, I want you to make it really vivid in your mind. And I might even use a color anchor. I want you to bring a color that's all around you. I want you to feel it, breathe it in, see it. I might even get people to, you know, use their finger and the thumb to anchor it in. When you feel that common, I want you to press your fingers together, make an association. So there are different techniques we can use, but ultimately we're just getting into reprogramming. We're reprogramming. So it doesn't have to be you need to get over a major thing like spiders or a real fear. If you are feeling really highly stressed or you're feeling anxious, it allows us to empty that stress bucket, allows us to make holes in those stress bucket so you can see there's more capacity in there for you to go to that yoga class, to take up that running, to take care of yourself more, to go for that job. But when our stress bucket is so full, we don't know. It overspills into panic, anxiety. We don't know where to turn. And when we're in that state, because it's survival, we can't think. We get brain fog. We don't know the answers. It, or it seems like it's lost. But the answers are there within. And solution-focused uh, approach, hypnosis and breathwork allows it to come to the forefront. It brings hope and possibility. And then we can start to see this confident or calmer version of whatever it is that we want to be. Um and it brings stillness. It allows our body to rest and be still for that half an hour of hypnosis where we can just bring everything down. And when we do that, the guard is gone. That security officer, that primitive part of our brain who's risk assessing, looking for threats all the time. It's like, thank you very much. You can go for a break now because we're going to have this boss part of our brain, this prefrontal cortex where it's creative, positive. We're going to be in that part of our brain. But hypnosis can shut down those busy beta brainwaves where we're constantly thinking. And that's when we get into that lovely creative part of our brain where we see hope and possibility. 
it's just amazing it's such a it sounds like such a powerful combination and it's interesting because I think all of it goes against and it's funny because we were talking about this before we started recording we were talking about hustle culture Mm. how it's actually a real recipe for disaster and it's it it might get short-term results um but it's not a sustainable kind of approach to obviously we were talking about business but it's not a sustainable approach to anything and I think with self-development there can be this hustle culture vibe to things and people are essentially sat there thinking I need to do more to see the changes that I want but actually you need to be doing more of the right thing which in turn may be doing less because everything you've talked about there is bringing yourself back down to that base level. And I suppose so many of us are walking around at what we think is base level of maybe stress or anxiety, but we're actually miles above that because we're constantly in a state of stress yeah. or anxiety. Yeah. We don't realize it. Yeah. Even just resettling to that base level could be all that some people need to do to kind of start yeah. seeing that progress. And like you yeah. say, how can you, how can you, essentially you know as what I do as a, a self-love and anxiety mentor as as what you do when you work with women you do with hypnotherapy and breath work it's about changing how you think about yourself and how you think about life where you fit into that and if you're constantly at a mind of a hundred miles an hour at a life that's a hundred miles an hour obviously there's going to be times that life is like that but there is so much value in being able to take a step back and to assess your situation, whether it's how you feel about yourself, whether it's how you feel about your job, whether it's your relationship, but giving yourself that space to assess things and, and ask, what is my current perspective? And, and how do I want to change that to it? I love what you said about just, you know, taking it step by step and a step at a time, because again, that's, that's not what we're told to do. We're told to go big or go home and Mm. big change is helpful sometimes. And at the beginning of my role as what I do now, I used to definitely be much more of an advocate for that, of this take big steps, massive action, all of these kind of things. And that can be really great. But over time, I've learned that if we want that consistency and we want the longer term results, it has to be smaller, actionable yeah. steps. And so much of that yeah. with just taking a moment to to assess things and taking a step back. And maybe for people listening, it will feel that that might feel weird. And maybe it's yeah. important to address that, that actually slowing down can feel really weird or maybe even overwhelming. Yeah. Because like, oh, wow, I'm actually taking some time for myself and that can feel weird. It does. It can feel scary. And like we're talking about that stress levels, like our baseline. If we've been living, you know, at a really high baseline, you know, if we're really stressed, it becomes normal, becomes like this is how we live. This, you know, high anxiety, fight, flight, um, you know, still busy doing stuff, but we're living at this really high stress level. And at some point we will burn out. We cannot, our bodies are not designed to stay in constant stress and we'll burn out. We get exhausted. We then get unwell. Our health then kind of depletes. Something goes wrong because we're constantly living up here. But we need to be able, and this is where the breathwork helps people feel safer. So they might be living at five, stress level baseline five, but actually just the three might make a massive difference to how they feel but it feels scary to be in stillness. And if we can embrace being a bit more still, 
you know, it's good to daydream. It's good for us to daydream. I mean, this is where we come up with our creative thoughts. You know, I know for me, if I'm just driving along on a nice sunny day, maybe on a long journey, I come up with so many incredible ideas. I process so much because we're in, in like flow, we might be listening to music and we're in almost like a trance state. That is like self-hypnosis in a way. We're in a trance state where we start to imagine a life that we want. And now like maybe in like cottage by the sea or, you know, whatever it is, we start to use our imagination because we're in a calm state. I know people have it when they're in the bath. People have it when they go for a walk across the beach. They start to like imagine. We need to be embracing imagination more, allowing ourselves to, to daydream, but not in the way where we're ruminating over the past and we're not forecasting the future negatively because that's what anxiety can do. We want to find a middle ground where we can be a bit more present, embrace stillness, be in the now. What is helpful to me right now? Because anxiety can take us back to, I don't know, conversations that happened three years ago. I wonder what that person thought of me on the train. When blew you know, it's, it's so, it goes such down a rabbit hole when we're ruminating about conversations that we had. I hope someone didn't think I was silly. Oh God, that mistake that I made at work like three years ago, like it still impacts on how we see ourselves and how we feel. But also anxiety can then take us to the future negatively in that what if spiral. If we can let those thoughts just come and go and find space for ourselves to process, if we don't give ourselves time to process stuff, moving it from the primitive part of our brain, moving it into the into the prefrontal cortex, we are going to be really stressed. And this is what happens in sleep, in that like REM cycle. We process stuff. Like we've probably had it, you know, I know I've definitely had it where perhaps the night before you're worrying about something and or you've been going over something, ruminating over something, you get a good night's sleep. The next morning you're like, actually, it's not that bad. Because it naturally happens in our sleep where we process, we're taking so much emotion away from it that we can start to see, you know, that, that saying of, you know, sleep on it and see how you feel tomorrow is a thing because we process it in our sleep. So hypnosis is almost like a mini boost of that. But we can also get this trance-like state from walking in nature, from just, you know, driving with nice music that we like, you know, having a bath, being in the shower. I know people say, I'll come up with my most creative ideas when I'm in the shower, or when I'm on a long drive. It's because you allowed stillness to happen. So sometimes, you know, I work with clients that, you know, run businesses or I work with consultants that, work in the NHS and they are you know busy on the go you know very very creative but have to be busy you know working long hours you know strive 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 and don't find stillness in in their body and it feels uncomfortable to be still they're like oh, well I can't relax I don't relax I don't you know I'm never still I can't sit for long I can't take a bath all of these things because they've been living at that high chronic stress and actually, like I've said before, coming down to a lower level feels a bit weird, feels a bit scary. The body goes, no, 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 no. We need to give you more work. We need to add more things on, distract, push down. And it might be that we're pushing emotions down. And when we do that, we're overriding it, push it down, won't worry about that. Or I don't even want to think about that. We're pushing it down and then it gets stored. And it will come up. It will come up in a breakdown or panic attacks. The body, I don't know if you heard the book, the body keeps the score. It will tell us that internal alarm will tell you whether it's headaches, palpitations, you know, upset stomach, that brain gut connection, getting IBS. It's all symptoms. It's all a signal and a sign of anxiety that you just need to come back home to yourself to feel a bit safer and to 
like you said, reflect, look at your life. What can you let go of? You know, perhaps it might even be people in your life, might even be a work environment. It's having a huge impact on your health. The amount of time, especially like in nursing, where I've seen people who have had health anxiety or lots of health problems, they've changed their job or something like that. And suddenly all those things have gone. You know, they've had skin problems, you know, eczema's come from, from nowhere all of a sudden, all of these things, gut problems. And then they take, they look and reflect on their life, where that stress is coming from. How can you make changes? Sometimes we can't always control change, but if we can control something that's within our grasp to control, sometimes just that one change or a few little small daily habits some of these health things that are going on just disappear because it's been stress that's been the core and the anxiety has sent the signals to the body that something's not right. So when we can get people to look at their core values, you know, perhaps what's causing stress, is there anything that you can change? But when you're in it, well, you, you probably remember that, you know, when you're in that anxiety state, you're so stressed that the answers just aren't there. Like you just can't think your way out of something so that's why hypnosis and the breath work together is is great because it works with the two and it allows stillness it allows you to press pause and actually there's power in pressing pause you can't be on the go all the time and actually when you pause and come into that calm space you might come up with one of your best ideas for your business or best ideas for your life and it makes such a difference to you but it's allowing yourself that time to pause and to be okay with stillness I think it, it makes sense doesn't it because why would we be able to think about the future when we're trying to survive if you're in a yeah. constant state of survival that's not your that's not the priority so it makes sense that we might get a creative block or you might just yeah. not want to, you might want to not know the answer to anything kind of maybe yeah. a bit different sometimes because like, well, I don't know what I want I think that's yeah. how people find themselves drifting and they end yeah. up in 10 years time going oh well how am I in this job how am I in this life this doesn't feel like mine and then that yeah that sense of loss but if you're in that state of anxiety well how can you try and figure out what you want if you're just trying to survive I think it's I'd love to talk a little bit about habits in a minute and and definitely pick your brains as to what you Mm. think or habits are for people but also I think it's interesting just to touch upon something you said there about again, identifying the ways that stress might be physically affecting you. And it's funny, I heard this on a podcast just this morning. I was listening to another a health expert and it's funny how the universe throws all these things at mm. you, isn't it? Um, yeah. And she was talking about this concept of um, finding your like stress canary. So she was explaining that obviously when people used to go down to the mines, they would take a canary down with them. And when the canary stopped singing, they would know that the air was going bad and they needed to go up to the surface. She was like, there's a canary in your body. There is some way your body is telling you that you are stressed or that you're in a way of anxiety. For her, it was palpitations. Um, I'll actually put, I'll put her name in the description of this podcast as Mm. well. If they're listening to this, then they're loving your content. They're probably in a similar vein to maybe interested in that. Um, but she was talking about palpitations. You were talking about headaches or um, palpitations, mm. stress or the yeah. tummy upsets or your the throat, whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, that alarm. Yeah, maybe I think this is a good point for us to just encourage people to kind of go, maybe what, how is this showing up for me? Because yeah. if you're sat there thinking, I'm not stressed, everything's great. 
that's probably not true because yeah. it's stressful and we live in a society that kind of encourages that stress you know obviously we've already yeah. talked about cancel culture maybe yeah. it would be an opportunity for people to sit and say well actually what physical problems do I have and and could this be a reminder for me that I need to slow down or how can I start utilizing that to go well actually I know that when I get for example I know when my period's coming because I get a headache in my right eye like yeah random yeah. but I know ooh, period's gonna be here in a day or two yeah but if people could start predicting that with their stress that could be another yeah. useful tool to kind of go okay now is time for me to take some time maybe I need to up my breath work maybe yeah. I need to yeah be like Helen and you know address and yeah yeah the surface yeah I think maybe it's worth saying to people they need to kind of take that reminder yeah Um, Yeah. and it's like you said it's it's having that awareness and that's where it's coming home to yourself to get to know yourself be that observer like where do you feel it you know because we sometimes don't identify as being stressed and quite often we can be a bit defensive about oh I'm not stressed I'm not you know I'm not an anxious person and more often than not when I see people well, I'm not, I'm not stressed. I'm here to just change this. I'm not a stressed person. I'm not anxious. Okay. But everybody can identify with something that their body's telling them. So whether it is, oh, actually, well, I do get palpitations or I do get quite regular headaches. I mean, obviously health-wise, there can be other things going on. But if you are getting the, these, these little whispers from your body, what we do in society now is push them down. Like it's uncomfortable. And actually sometimes we need to sit with the uncomfortable I've actually, I am actually anxious. This feels like anxiety to me. But when we push it away, push it down, well, I'm not an anxious person. No, I'm not stressed. But everything is telling your body that you are stressed. You are going to hit burnout and you are going to hit exhaustion. So if we can start to listen to that internal alarm a little bit sooner, like you said with the canary when that stops singing, okay, something's going on here. Because we've got this gut instinct. And when we get to know ourselves a little bit better, we can act on that. But if we are taking in so much information, digitally pushing, hustle, busy, busy, you know, look at me, I'm such a busy bee, I'm doing all these things, that alarm's going to get louder and it will get louder. And it will be then that point where we crash and burn. So we want to be catching it and listening to it, like you said, a little bit earlier on. And sitting with that uncomfortableness, because we push things down, you know, if you imagine that balloon in water, we push it down, but it's going to come back up. Like it's going to come back up. Stress will come out in the body at some point, somewhere. So when we push things down for such a long time and we're so chronically stressed, it becomes normal. We don't identify with stress, but all of us can identify with something. So actually, yeah. I feel it in my chest or I've got IBS or, you know, when I'm worrying about something, I get this knot in my stomach or, you know, people where they're just shoulders are up here because they're just, you know, and everything aches, their body aches. Your body will be telling you there will be something, but we just need to learn how to tune into it and be still in the uncomfortable to then move on. So awareness and observing is the first thing. Then you can start to look at making change. Absolutely. And and when it comes to that change, you talked about daily habits. And you've obviously talked about there's a daily kind of breathwork ritual people could be doing, there's self-hypnosis, there's mm. different things that people could be doing regularly, not only kind of in a more intense setting. Yeah. What are your three kind of non-negotiable? Because you've also mentioned loads of things like walking on the beach, going out in nature, yeah. like 
stuff. When it comes to somebody that's maybe dealing with stress, that is maybe, and I, I know you work with a lot of professional women, maybe trying to create balance. And I think most people yeah. are chasing the myth that I think mm-hmm. happens. Um, yeah. How do people, you know, what habits, what three habits do you think are at the very core of allowing people to manage stress better, to find themselves kind of reconnecting with who they are and creating that kind of balanced, slower more content vibe in life yeah well definitely for me non-negotiable is is walking you know every single day whether it's 10 minutes whether it's 30 minutes I've now created this habit where I'm going to walk every single day I'm going to get outside you know even if it's just you know here in the garden you know get a coat on get a hat on like get outside you know drinking more water for me, again, it's such simple things. Being hydrated can really help how you think, like, you know, that brain fog. So drinking more water for me, getting outside and just moving my body in a way that serves me. So whether it's just a little 10 minute stretch, you know, um, whether it's yoga, whether it's, you know, movement, drinking water and breathing are my like kind of like non-negotiables. Everyone will have a different thing. And I think, you know, like we talked about how much content there is out there at the moment and how much we're, you know, absorbing. You know, I think we like, we know, we know really that we need to drink more. We know that fueling our body is good for us. We know that moving our body is good for us. We know these things, but where I see people getting stuck is the visualizing it. Where can it happen in their day? You know, we see lots of things out there, drink more, walk more. And yes, they are they are all amazing and we need to know this. But I think now most people know those things are good for us. But what hypnosis and breathwork can help with is being able to actually take the actions and fit them into your life. Like we might see somebody on Instagram who's drinking big bottles of water every day, walking every day, doing a yoga, you know, yoga practice every day. That's great. But if you cannot relate to that, you know, oh, yeah, yoga is really good for me. Yeah, drinking loads of water is really good for me. But if you cannot see that fitting in your life or you're doing it from a place of I should be doing that, those habits are not going to stick. So it's got to be looking at what works for you. Small micro changes. Being consistent will be better than right. Right. That's it. I'm going to do an hour's workout every single day. Or I'm going to, I don't know, I'm going to go to a yoga class four times a week. You know, whatever it is, it's got to be small. It's got to be doable. It's got to be achievable because we can't sustain it. If it's not coming from a place from here, from us, it's coming from, oh, God, it's January. I suppose I better, I should be out walking or I should. It's not going to stick. So when we're creating habits, we've got to look at the why. Why is it important? What do you know about this thing that you want, you know, this habit that you want to bring in? I know for me now that walking helps mine. It's where I process my day. What have I got on? What's on my to-do list? Processing it. Also for me, because I had a big spinal surgery, I needed to get out walking. So it helps my body. That's why I need to do it to help my recovery. And I also need to do it because I know that's where I can think and I can process stuff. So that's my why. Makes me feel good. I love being in nature. I always have done. So they're my non-negotiables and that's my why you know drinking water I know when I don't drink and it takes me back to being a nurse when we would you know perhaps do long shifts and not get a break to have a drink like my oh my god the brain fog the fuzziness so I'm like 
that's my little almost canary is like okay actually I'm feeling a bit like can't think here have I drunk enough no I've had like two cups of coffee okay so for me it's important to drink because it helps this bring this fuzzy brain fog that I get so anything else is a bonus you know if I do other things if I go to a yoga class I do it's a bonus but if I can just be consistent with the breathing sometimes you know I only just do five, maybe five minutes a day just like okay and where am I at let me just check where my breath is I might even just put a little bit of nice music on and I'll just check in do a particular breathing technique five minutes that's all it takes so but it's where you can do that like for me my morning routine is completely changed because that is where the chaos was for me. Like I had said similar to one of my clients, I dreaded getting up because I felt like I had so much to do before even getting the children to school that I would then do none of it. It would just be so overwhelming that I'd be chasing my tail. I might even be raising my voice. I'd lose things. Where's the key? You know, throwing the children into school. And then I'd walk away with this horrendous guilt, this negative feeling of like, I've just barked at the children. I've thrown them into school. You know, I've still got stuff to do. So that was where I was like, okay, where can it work for me? Okay, getting up a little bit earlier helps me. So it's really looking at what's bespoke to you and creating habits that you've got a why for. Why are you doing it? Don't do it because you think you should be. It's got to be because it comes from the heart, from the heart space of why you want to do it. And also, small consistent steps lead to bigger ones so you know I started with 10 minutes after my operation 10 minutes is all I could manage now I do 30 minutes every day if I do 45 great it's a bonus but it I, it was weeks and weeks of just 10 minutes 10 minutes walking and then I started to oh, I'm really enjoying this now I'm getting momentum oh I might just go a little bit further and it's like we get rewarded we get that dopamine of where we're like actually I can do a little bit more of that and that's what but we want to be starting small and consistent. Don't overwhelm yourself with lots of things. And again, that's where hypnosis can re, like reprogram it. Get those healthy habits that you're doing them, that they're not like I've created a new habit. It's just something that you do in your daily life. Like I just walk now. And, you know, before I go to bed, I fill up a big bottle of water, stick it in the fridge because I like cold water. Again, that's me. If there was no cold water, I'd be like, mm, oh, no, I can't be bothered now. So I've got to know myself. So it's knowing your own little behavior. So having a big bottle of water already cold for me, that was my action. So now it's just there. It becomes part of my day rather than, oh, I need to add in another thing. So small and consistent is key because it then gives momentum for bigger things. I love that. I've had such a lovely time having you on the podcast. Yeah. I feel like I could chat to you for hours. Oh, I know. I can talk forever. <laughs> super aligned to the the reason you do what you do but also the crossovers there's so many crossovers in in, yeah. what, in totally different ways which I love like the technique yeah, yeah and again it's this what it's having these range of tools and figuring out what works for certain people before we finish though I'd love to ask you one more question um which is obviously you're somebody that has rediscovered yourself you've come home to yourself mm -hmm. which is a phrase you've used a lot throughout yeah. what advice do you have for women who are listening to this and who are on that journey of kind of self-discovery and want mm -hmm. to start creating something kind of new and, and this idea of coming home to who they actually are, 
what's the one piece of advice you'd give them so that like you said they don't feel the overwhelm this isn't like oh my god I've got to change everything I I don't know what to do and then they're actually adding more anxiety like how do they just kind of approach this what's the piece of advice you'd give that they can remain kind of calm not overwhelmed but feel like they're actually going to make progress what is it maybe it's something they need to do maybe it's just something they need to hear what do you want to say to people who are sat there thinking I really love this idea of coming home to myself but I don't even know where to start yeah so something that I learned and sometimes got lost on the way and I've had to like rediscover it again and in, in, you know because life happens and having this big spinal surgery kind of knocked myself again it was a bit like oh I can't move in the ways that I you know want to and I was you know and I had to really kind of like I felt like I was lost and I didn't know how but it wasn't you know a piece of advice that a friend of mine that's gave me who who also is a coach is that whenever you feel that kind of like lost we don't know what to do and, and we're sort of scrabbling for ideas it's just come back to your core values like that's where I sort of started again was like okay what's important to you in your life if there was no bars hold like you know why about any barriers that come into place what are those core values so look at them you know everyone's got different core values but what's important to you and just pick out a few like what is you know is family is family important to you you know is that is that one of your core values is being authentic is you know is trustworthy you know whatever it is what are these words that are your what means something to you and then look at okay how am I honoring them in my life and how am I not honoring them and a lot of it sometimes comes down to boundaries that people don't have boundaries they might be allowing toxic people to come into their life and take over so look at your core values if you want to come home to yourself to live a little bit more of a aligned life I guess I've learned definitely over the six months this last six months is to look at those core values what what's important to you and then look at where in my life am I honoring it and where am I not and once you start to live within those core values and this is a massive lesson that I've been learning when you live in those core values you start to experience more joy peace gratitude and happiness and contentment but when we're living outside of our core values for other people or work or whatever we don't know ourselves so to come home to yourself is to get to know you like what is it that you love what are your soul goals in life like what is it I don't know is it to have your own vegetable patch like not talking about work not talking about business you as a person you know what is your soul goal is it to you know live by the sea is it to move out of the city is it to be around your family more you know what are those things is it to be are you more spiritual but perhaps the job that you're doing or the people around is not allowing you to be spiritual and you're not feeling content in your body so coming back to your core values what's important to you where are you honoring it where are you not honoring it and it's only recently that I've really discovered this again um through a friend like I said who's a coach is like actually you know all the answers are within you you just just go back to your core go back to home that is you know when I say to people you know you need we sometimes go so far away from ourselves in the world social media you know pushing hustling we go so far away from what we believe in and what is important and what we love we get swept up and we get this diluted version of ourselves but if we could come back and imagine without any barriers without any holdbacks 
what is it that you love like what is it that brings you joy what's important to you and then look and maybe journal over it am I honoring this are any of these things that bring me joy in my life right now if they're not then we need to do a bit of an audit on our on our lives you know you know these core values that mean so much to me you know, family might mean loads, but maybe your job or whatever's doing is taking you away from that and you're not living in alignment with that. Then it's like, okay, what little changes, habits, tweaks, stretching my comfort zone do I need to do so that I can live a life that's aligned with this? It might be getting out in nature, but your lifestyle is not allowing you to do that. And your body and your mind's craving to be out in nature more, but there's things that are stopping you doing it. So you're not honoring that core value. So, and this is a massive lesson, like I've said, that I've learned. That sometimes we just get a little bit lost of who we really are. What do we love? What brings me joy? How can I bring that into my life more? So that's kind of like a baseline of where you can start to rediscover yourself or learn about yourself and coming home to yourself. Thank you so much, Helen. I've loved this episode and I know the listeners are going to love it too. I'm going to put all of your details in the episode description. Yeah. So if people work with you, if they want to reach out and speak to you, they want to talk yeah. there, maybe if they've got questions, um, all of Helen's details will be there. But thank you so much for coming oh, on. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's brilliant. You're amazing. Thanks for listening to the Growth Guru podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, then please subscribe, share with your friends and leave a rating and review. To keep up with all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the.growth.guru. Keep growing and I'll catch you next time.